We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to another edition of Dynasty Cast on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by the Blue Wire Network on Rotoviz Radio. All right, so our fantasy seasons, Dan, we're, we're in the books. Um, we saw each other in person, and then we shook hands and we said, "I never want to see you again." Um, <laughs> hey, we're not going to podcast for two weeks because it was Christmas and then it was New Year's. So crazy time for people who have children or people who don't have children. Everyone alike has no time for podcasting, at least ones that don't do it professionally. But if you want to pay us a lot of money, we'll do it professionally. Why not? So, Dice Trade Cast, we are in off-season mode. So, just give you a rundown of what we're going to talk about today. We'll talk some dispersal strategy, some player-specific stuff with Jordan Love, the Bears, Bill Belichick, and then some coaching stuff. So, Dan, um, how, how are you? Uh, both teams we saw in person, the uh, Bucks and Packers, they, they made the playoffs. Well, before well, that, can before we acknowledge that I did I call did the fact that the Bucks we're winning the NFC South. Feel free to acknowledge that. Feel free to bow to me as you will. I that that one seemed inevitable. The Saints made their best effort. The Falcons made their worst effort. Uh, it, you know that was that was a fun time. Yeah, I I like Todd Bowles. He's not good, but I <laughs> so overestimated. I overestimated how not good he was, uh, or how much his not goodness could impact the win loss record in the NFC South, uh, the bucks and Baker Mayfield and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, they exceeded, uh, the coaching of one, uh, Todd Bowles. And then, uh, you know, in terms of, we'll talk about coordinators a little bit later, but like Dave Canales, uh, deserves a lot of credit for what he's done with, you know, Baker Mayfield and company. Yeah. They should probably just fire Bowles and make him head coach, but either way, um, yeah, holiday season's crazy. Uh, especially, you know, with four kids between us, you know, one of us has three, one of us has one, so this is a little bit different. But it's, I'm trying to give the, you some credit here. It's the old, it's the old that Drew Brees and Tom Brady combined for eight rings. So that's right, that's right, that's exactly what that is. I'm Brady in that scenario, by the way. Um, <laughs> no, holidays were good, uh, but yeah, we're we're back. The 
the season's over. It kind of felt like this one flew by, as they all do. But the offseason stuff, I mean, that's what the bread and butter of Dynasty is. You know, our, our in-season shtick is is just that. It's shtick to get us through, to kind of keep people updated. But this is this is it for for us. This is where the 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 money is made in the offseason. So um, it'll be interesting to get started here. Obviously, we have a long offseason before we get back to any kind of football. But all of the topics are in play. We can talk about quite literally anything. Like Nathan said, today is going to be dispersals, some player-specific stuff, some coaching. But uh, this is the beginning of the offseason. All right. So in my leagues, uh, you know, me, a commissioner who pays out on League Safe, pays out on other platforms um, on time in a, in a you know a quick manner. Um, some other people on League Safe still haven't paid out champions uh, in the Dynasty Tradecast uh, Listener League or the Rotoviz Dynasty Tradecast Listener League. Uh, okay, uh, hold, hold on, hold on. We pay out for MVPs, Rookie of the Years, and that stuff, and that hasn't been announced yet. You can't pay out. Okay, but you could pay out and then pay out other ways, but it, whatever, whatever, whatever. We should also, if, if, if we're doing that as we're talking on a podcast, we should let the people know in those leagues, hey, we're going to pay out at the Super Bowl. Um, but before we do all that, um, so as people leave leagues or just in general, um, in my leagues, every single one of my leagues has this rule that when – and some, some leagues just do this even without the need for somebody to leave the league. But my rule specifically is if somebody leaves the league, every single manager has the option to join the dispersal. Um, some people call this the second chance rule without the necessity of uh, the, someone having to leave. But what this does is if in, in one of my leagues, someone who got second place and someone who got first, he left both leagues um, and he left with decent rosters. And what this does is, it stinks being a current current manager and seeing the dispersal pool like, wow, that's so much better than what I have right now. Like, I wish I could be like one of the dispersal teams. So this option of saying, hey, anyone who is currently in the league can join the new managers in the dispersal. That is the option, an option that is available in my league and a lot of other people's leagues. So, uh, Dan, I guess we'll start with this. What is your thoughts on uh, current managers joining the dispersal? Any pros, any cons? What are your thoughts in general on just the action of it? No, I mean I think it's healthy for the league to you know to continue to making rost to, to continue to make roster changes because you see so many leagues that go stale and die and there's no transactions people aren't doing waivers people aren't making trades you know even draft time is quiet so I think it's it's good for the league I think the one the one kind of touchy spot is depending on how many owners join at what point do you just redraft you know what I mean you start over. So if if you have half the league, are you are you just full sending like a, a restart of the league? Not necessarily. The the times that I've rebooted, which I think has been like two or three times in my you know ten plus years of commissioning, it's always been a feel thing where it's like okay, everyone's like like literally everyone or like ten out of twelve people are sick of their rosters. But I don't want to like punish people who have spent years building a team and they want to keep their team and controlling the league for five or six years. That I think is you know, something I'm trying to figure out how to avoid in leagues is as you get into like year seven, eight, nine of a league, it's really, really, really hard to not have a super team or two. And those guys are just collecting money year after year after year. But yeah, it turns to the question of like, when do you just reboot? You just reboot. It's really a feel thing. I think that in a 12 team league, if you have eight people join, I don't necessarily think you have to have to do a, you know, okay, let's reboot it or let's just redo, redo a startup. I think it's more so on like, 
how is the league feeling? How many times has the champion won in a row? Stuff like that. Like those are the factors I consider with the reboot. Um, but yeah, in terms of allowing current managers to, to, to declare, like I'm fine with any number going, but as you get closer to like the full amount, you might ask like, Hey dude, like you're the only one who didn't declare for this person. Let's just restart this. Well, from your shoes in Kadoosh specifically, there could be 11 teams in the dispersal, and I'm not joining the dispersal. If I had your team, yeah. Um, no, I, I think I think the dispersal is healthy. I, I think it's it shouldn't ever be something that's forced unless it's a new owner coming in and you just take all of the assets on the open rosters, put them in the pool. Now, if it is just one roster, I think you just allow that person to come in and decide whether they want to keep it or if they want to join a potential dispersal. But if it's more than one, all of the assets go into the pool and all the new owners will be drafting from a dispersal regardless. But you still allow your current league players to, if they want to restart their roster, they can. They can join the dispersal. So I do think it's healthy. And I think it, it just adds another th- another activity to the league. It, it, it generates more because even though you can't technically trade into the dispersals, you can generate action from the dispersals by having side conversations or seeing what happens where, what people's, uh, what you know, guys that are going too early. If you see guys at the slide, say, hey, you pick this player, I'll offer you this. But I, I do think it's it's good and healthy for leagues to hold dispersals and consider reboots. I know that wasn't part of the conversation, but considering reboots once the league becomes stale. Yeah, for sure. So going into more dispersal strategy as a current manager, and this guy's, we're assuming that leagues are like mine where the current managers have the option to join the dispersal. So is it, is it as simple as my team is worse than the pool? Is it my team is stuck at in the middle of nowhere? Like when you're joining a dispersal, what are some of the factors you're considering? Are you considering, you know, how good the incoming managers are? Are you considering the pool? Like what, what are the factors you're considering when you are saying, okay, do I, or do I, or do I not join the dispersal? I think the who the managers are don't really matter all that much unless you're quite literally bringing in monkeys to run teams. Uh, I, I do think that the pool matters for the most part, and your current roster also is going to matter. You need to kind of assess how much true dynasty value your roster has. And if you can, you know, realistically look at the, the dispersal pool and find three, four, five rounds of players that would provide you more dynasty value than your current top three, four, five. I, I don't think you really have much of a choice. I think you have to get in there. Um, you know, obviously the goal is to build a really super deep team and and you know have the high end, but also the depth. But through a dispersal, you need to be chasing as much dynasty value as you can get. So even if your team can't compete, you can at least move things as needed to continue to build more, to get deeper, to get better, to do whatever you need to do. So just because you have Bijan Robinson on a team doesn't mean that you shouldn't join the dispersal. You know what I mean? Like you don't you shouldn't be you shouldn't grasp onto your assets be that you don't want to lose but the rest of your team sucks. You traded four first round picks to get Patrick Mahomes and now you have nothing in a super flex league. Like that's a great spot to start, but now you're screwed for four years. Yeah, no, I, I think that my, the times that I have joined the dispersal as a current manager, it's more so than I've, I, 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 it's not that I've looked at my team like, Oh, my team is so much worse than the dispersal pool. It's more so Ben. I've looked at my team. And I'm like, 
this team isn't going anywhere. Like, it's not clearly rebuilding. It's not clearly contending. Like I need to find an identity and you can use the dispersal. Be like, okay, I'm going to build a team from the ground up with a productive struggle strategy or you're going to be like, you know what? I'm going to just go heavy, you know, year one to year two. And then theoretically, and this is part of the strategy is part of the reason why I don't allow the second chance rule when the, when there's no orphans, because I don't want people to be guaranteed. Oh, I can always just rejoin the dispersal next year. Um, because I think that can be a strategy where people just start trying to play dynasty like redraft, which I think is not good for the health of the league. Um, but in terms of whether you're finding your identity of like, okay, I'm, I'm doing productive struggle. I'm going heavy win now, or I'm trying to go somewhere in between, but you can do that a lot easier in a dispersal than you can through, Oh, just trades, especially, you know, we, we hate to admit it, but yes, the dispersal does uh, increase uh, action and increase trades and stuff like that. But, when you're in year six, seven, eight of a league, you're not going to get the same amount of trades you do in years one, two, three, no matter what's happening, unless you have like four or five new owners coming in. Yeah, that's that's definitely part of it as well. The the turnover of the league matters in that sense and to keep kind of a freshness. Like obviously it's fun to keep like a longstanding league going and having all of your buddies together and and, you know, not changing from that perspective. But at the same time, when it's like that, it does get stale. Trade talks die out. Nothing really happens. Even the group chats kind of start to fizzle a little bit. But, you know, it's still it's still part of the thing. I mean, you're always going to have turnover because not everybody's going to be locked in all the time and, and whatever. But as far as joining the dispersals and, and kind of looking at your team, are you more likely to to join from... A, a bad team's perspective even though you can probably you can essentially lock in 101 for a couple of years let's say or are you more likely to bring in a team that is old has been competitive but that cliff is approaching very rapidly yep and then to wrap up our dispersal strategy talk when you're joining a dispersal when, once you're already in it or whether whether you're in it as a new manager or as a, a current manager who joined do you find any specific differences? There, There is one for me, but do you find any specific differences in, okay, I'm doing a dispersal versus I'm doing a startup? Um, I, I think in the dispersal, I, I'm, it's easier to manage all of the available players. So you can kind of think about if I take this player here, how many players until it gets back to me in, you know, two turns or whatever. Whereas in a startup, I feel like, I, I don't have as much strategy and I'm going best player available. That could be backwards, but I feel like I have so much more time after a startup for whatever reason and so much more, so many more options in a startup, obviously, because you have the full talent roster. Whereas in a dispersal, I'm really trying to not necessarily manipulate, but control how the draft goes, depending on where I'm picking by how I pick and where I pick, even though, you know, you know, if you at your high end talents, obviously you're going to always be going, you know, if oh, if it's Justin Jefferson and then, you know, Jamar Chase, whatever. Obviously, you're picking their high end guys first. But if there's guys that you want in there, a lot of times I'm just going to get them and try to make it work to find things other places as well. But at the same time, if I know other owners don't want certain players, I won't pick them. I'll wait. Because I can wait. And, you know, I, I think that's an easier strategy in the dispersal just because of the smaller pool. Whereas in a startup, quite literally anything is possible. 
Yeah, I, I think that the primary difference between dispersals of startups, especially in the auction format, is you have to be cognizant of the tiers and aware that like, okay, like, you know, in a normal startup, like there's eight guys in the first tier, but in this league, there's only two. So, oh, if I want to get top tier guys, it's going to cost me X amount. And then, oh, okay, at this point in the auction, after this many players are off the board, there's nothing left that even matters. Uh, because typically there is a big, bigger cliff of like, oh, we go wave, go from players mattering to players not mattering real quick or players having a lot of value to just a little value. So, you know, identifying those tiers is huge, especially in, in the auction format and finding when to spend that money. And be like, it's. I think it's a lot more typically beneficial to wait on spending money in startups than it is in dispersals. And then the other part of it, like you mentioned, I think that you have to be, especially in dispersal drafts, you have to be more aware of what other people are doing and how your actions directly impact people. Because if if you have, let's say it's a four-team dispersal and you have the third pick, if you know the guy at the turn already has two tight ends like you don't need to draft a tight end like that guy's not typically going to load up on tight ends in a, in a dispersal more so because of okay you're trying to build a specific team whereas a lot of people are, are going you know best player available in the startup type yeah and if you're picking on a corner i mean you you can effectively start and end runs all on your own and, you know and again it depends on how many teams are in a dispersal if it's a two-team dispersal well then you just heads up like that's that's pointless but if it's three four five six teams I mean, you can really control dispersal draft by how you pick, where you pick, and, and, you know, the physical positions and players that you are picking, underdrafting, overdrafting, whatever it happens to be, you can, I mean, you can control the board. All right, let's wrap up. All right, we're not, we have wrapped up our uh, dispersal conversation, and now let's move on to some player talk. So Jordan Love, he signed a contract prior to the season that locked him up through 2024, um, basically provided him some financial safety um, with some uh, team options and player options after that. Um, so he is projected to be a under uh, understood free agent in 2025. So with Jordan Love is I'm not is. I think that through the fact that he made the playoffs and honestly how well he played in spite of some of the warts that, that team had, they were the youngest team in the NFL. Um, Jordan Love is officially a 2024 starter. Are you seeing, if, if you're doing a startup or a dispersal right now with Jordan Love, are you are you seeing him as the 2024 starter right now or the Packers long-term starter? Well, that's that's actually a really good question because – I still don't think that Jordan Love is that good. We watched him live. I've watched plenty of his games. The way the offense is made, the the throws that he makes, there are a couple, it seems like, every game that were like, wow, okay, that's that was the Jordan Love. And then the other 98% of the throws are just three-yard dump offs everything is short everything is is just take what the defense gives you and gain two yards that and and hope your playmakers make plays uh and i know that brock purdy gets hell for that but those two players aren't the same brock purdy is significantly better quarterback than jordan love that being said jordan love was qb8 in points per game this year he was qb5 overall uh what 
<laughs> when did that happen with those weapons? Now, you know I'm a Dontavian Wicks guy. We know they like Jaden Reed. Romeo Dobbs has been good. Christian Watson essentially didn't play this year, and Jordan Love was better than Aaron Rodgers was last year. Yeah, no, Jordan Love, I think he definitely exceeded expectations, especially with the roster around him, making the playoffs, playing well on offense. Like the, the Packers, he carried a terrible Packers defense, um, Joe Barry being one of the worst defensive coordinators in the NFL. Uh, so, yeah, I've been very impressed with, with Jordan Love. I'm still a little bit worried about heavily investing him from a dynasty perspective, um, but we'll see what what his price ends up being in these January, February mocks um, slash, you know, seeing the trade market. Um because I do think that at this current moment, people are probably valuing him as Jordan Love, 2024 starter, not Jordan Love, long-term starter. And I, I, I think that you can – I don't know if you can call him a long-term starter. I don't know. I think – obviously, 2024 is locked in. I think the way he played this year uh, definitely deserves that. The problem is, is we know – what the other side of the coin is. You know what I mean? If if he isn't playing super, super well, we know that he is miserable because he wasn't perfect all year. He wasn't great all year. He had so many terrible games, so many terrible throws, but his good was very good. So if he can, if the Green Bay Packers can find the consistency through Jordan Love and they become more of a, they get back into just kind of being that regular NFC North powerhouse like they were with Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre for all of those years and they hit on a third quarterback you know that's that's going to be really hard to look past so I I think you at the at the very least have to partially consider Jordan Love as a long-term starter I don't think you can rule it out and I don't think you can ignore it but it it's easier now to just lock him in as the 2024 guy and price him based on that, because then you can throw him in in that like mid QB two range, because if you don't and you assume he's long-term, that's going to put him up in the QB one conversation. And I don't know anyone that's going to be willing to pay that to get Jordan love. Yeah. Like I think that's the the clear tier separation or or separator is, you know, going from like QB 16 to QB 12 is kind of a a bigger leap um, at this stage. All right, let's go to the Chicago Bears staying in the NFC North. Um, the Panthers have secured them the number one overall pick in the NFL draft, the potential rights to one Caleb Williams, and they still have Justin Fields. Uh, so this has been a recurring topic on the on the show throughout the last, you know, few weeks. But what are our thoughts with this right now? Uh, do you see them trading down? Do you see them taking Marvin Harrison at one? Do you see them taking taking Caleb Williams? Like, what is your Bears projection right now with with Fields in the number one pick? I think they move to two or to three. Uh, I think three would make the most sense unless somebody else comes up that can offer them a King's Ransom better than getting three and, you know, a future second or something, which they'll probably end up taking a first. It's going to cost more than a future second to go from three to one. Well, I, well, yeah, in a player or something like that. I mean, they can make the same trade that they made effectively with to for, to give the Panthers Bryce Young, right, and to get this number one spot again. But they also have nine, so I think I think you're looking at the swap from one to two or to three. I don't think they'll go as low as four or lower unless somebody is quite literally hedging their future on Caleb Williams, which they could. 
I mean, it's been done before. I uh, I just I get a little gun shy with the Trey Lance bit, you know. <laughs> uh, so I think I, I think that they move down selfishly as a Justin Fields guy, but at the same time, I fully understand if they just say, you know what, Caleb's too good, or I, I don't know why they would say it, but maybe Drake May's too good. We have to. We have to roll with it. Yeah, my my initial thought right now is I lean towards I think the Bears might end up moving on from Justin Fields. But I'm interested to see how the head coaching, because it seems like they're they're sticking with their current head coach, giving him another year, uh, Eberflus. And I think that would indicate some confidence in Justin Fields. Like, I think if you were going to go the Caleb Williams route, wouldn't it make sense to just reset it all? Um, or at least reset the coaching staff. Um, but I, if I were to bet right now, I would bet on the Bears taking the quarterback and then moving on from Fields, just because of the contract and you know how it's highly touted Caleb Williams is. And if no matter whether it's Williams Fields, like the Bears are hoping to not be picking number one again, even though they've done it back to back years. Well, yeah, and you know they they would have otherwise been picking ninth, but this one this one's obviously the Panthers so uh yeah I still think that they're gonna get a decent amount of value out of Justin Fields I just don't know that the jump from Fields to Caleb Williams is all that crazy I think what Fields provides on the field with his legs and with his arm is uh, I mean unless you're getting Lamar Jackson or Jalen Hurts I don't know that you're you're copying it. And and I know that Caleb Williams is great in his own right, but he wasn't great this year. <laughs> uh that that final season fall off has been a really big hindrance of these incoming rookie quarterbacks and we see them not that Caleb Williams is sliding in any draft in any world, but we've seen senior seasons or final seasons of these quarterbacks go poorly. And then the transition to the NFL all of a sudden makes less sense. And now they're no good. And I'm not saying Caleb Williams isn't no good, quote unquote, but I don't think there's a big gap between Justin Fields and Caleb Williams, which is probably crazy of me to say. I just think Justin Fields is that guy in a crap situation with bad coaching staff. Yeah, I mean, I'm also a huge Fields guy, so I, I don't think it necessarily would be a bad franchise decision to trade down um, and not take Caleb Williams. I'm more so thinking the NFL slash the Bears might not like Justin Fields as much as, you know, us and the fantasy and fantasy industry is. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We are fast approaching the holiday season. We're always looking for the perfect gifts for those near and dear to us, our families and friends. And what could be better than a ticket to a live event? We're heading towards the crucial weeks of the NFL season, and there's so much sports going on, but there's also concerts, comedy, theater, so many other things that you can go and get a ticket to this time of year. Can be stressful looking for tickets, getting the best price, the best seats, trying to figure everything out to have the best experience. But it doesn't have to be like that because buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful game time is a fast and easy way to get tickets for all the sports music comedy and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you will have they have exclusive flash deals they have the game time guarantee which means you'll always get the best price if you find a ticket in the same section and row for less game time will credit you 110 percent of the difference buying tickets in a matter of seconds two taps on their app and you're set so whether it's for a gift or whether it's just to treat yourself this holiday season snag tickets without the stress with game time download the game time app create an account use the code rotoviz for 20 dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account redeem the code rotoviz for 20 dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed let's move on to another team that has a top three nfl draft pick uh bill belichick uh and the patriots so it is now Tuesday, and there has been no movement on Bill Belichick in terms of him being fired, him retiring, him moving to the front office, him potentially being traded. Um, all those things are speculated. Uh, are you currently of the frame of mind that Bill Belichick will be the Patriots coach, will be in the Patriots organization, or will be elsewhere in 2024? I think he is uh, probably locked in as in the organization. But I would say it's like 50-50 coaching. I, I can see him just moving to the front office as like a special consultant or something. I mean, you still want him to be involved in your football operation, whether he's the president, the GM, the whatever. You want Bill Belichick involved, even if the NFL has surpassed his coaching, if you will. I mean, the NFL caught up, right? And, and he doesn't have Tom anymore. Did the NFL catch up or he just lost Tom Brady? <laughs> Both, that both. He 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 lost Tom and the NFL caught up. Everyone's getting better. He had an advantage for 15 years, and it, you know it was very clear. So I, yeah, I still think he's locked in in New England. I can't imagine Robert Kraft will let him go anywhere. Um, but I do think it'd be interesting to see who they bring in. I assume it will be a former Patriots guy like a Vrabel. Uh, Jared Mayo is their current DC. So he- I think that the, the two favorites right now are, are, are Mayo to be promoted, maybe McDaniels, but I feel like that is just asking no for trouble. And then, so it's really Mayo, McDaniels, or Vrabel. And then the Vrabel question being, are the Titans going to fire him or are they going to trade him? Like, that would be the question of if it is Vrabel, how does Vrabel get back to the Patriots? Yeah, I think it would end up being a, some kind of a trade situation. And I think he ends up being your head coach, which I I think, unfortunately, you would lose Mayo in that situation. But 
maybe that's not the trade. I mean, not necessarily, because like I think the only chance Mayo's getting a DC, I'm getting an H, HC job is the Patriots. So I think that you could very easily have Vrabel as the HC and and Mayo as the DC. Sure. I mean that that would make sense too, and I think that that continues kind of what they like to do uh, for sure in that in that organization. That that's I mean those are Bills guys, so. Um, yeah, I, it'll be interesting to see what they, I mean, they need a quarterback, obviously. So I, I think they are option one to be trading up with the bears or to just kind of see what happens and play it out. And maybe they can get their hands on Justin Fields and Marvin Harrison. Yeah. I mean, I think as of now, I don't see the Patriots drafting QB three at three. If they stay, if they stay at three, I think they'll end up going Marvin Harrison. I think that if they are taking a quarterback, it'll either be through, through a trade up to one or a trade down to like nine, ten, eleven, and getting Jaden Daniels or Michael Penix. Yeah, that's that's definitely going to make the most sense. And and I think the trade down to one of the lesser loved guys overall is probably more the Patriots' way. Getting getting a guy that they like, and maybe they love Caleb Williams, and maybe they love Drake May, but maybe they like the other guys just enough to save some of that value and and to help build up the rest of that roster because that team sucks. Very clearly at quarterback, the offensive weapons are non-existent. Uh, the defense is whatever, but they need a massive overhaul. And if they can get a whole bunch of value for three and move down and still get a quarterback that they like, or take Marvin Harrison Jr., and he'll have to struggle for like three or four years. But you can instantly get more value on that roster by not having to force your hand at overdrafting a quarterback at three. All right, let's move on to the Falcons have fired their head coach. There was only one Black Monday firing, and it was, uh, you know, at the strike of midnight. Uh, the slipper fell off for Arthur Smith, and he was fired. Fantasy analysts and, and players rejoice with the quote-unquote freeing of Bijan Robinson, Kyle Pitts, and Drake London. So with this firing, is this an auto bump to these weapons? Are we waiting for an official hiring? Like, could it get worse than Arthur Smith? Like, what what is our status on Falcons weapons? And is it time to buy before the head coach hiring happens? Bijan RB1, Drake London, wide receiver one, Kyle Pitts, tight end one. No, no Arthur Smith. They all go to one. They're just that guy is absolutely brain dead, first of all. No idea what he's doing. But hindering these young elite players' careers. I mean, Drake London's been fine. But Bijan explain that one to me like I'm five, because no one could make that make sense. Kyle Pitts. Hey, man, <laughs> what what are you doing when you have Kyle Pitts and you just refuse to use him? And instead, you're you're featuring Jonu Smith, Cordero Patterson and just a bunch of guys no one's ever heard of. Uh, yeah, it's a bump for sure. The issue is their quarterback room is still horrendous. So they need to find their way into a quarterback Maybe it's the Atlanta Falcons going and getting Justin Fields to allow the Bears to pick Caleb Williams by probably overpaying them because think about Justin Fields with those weapons. I know he had DJ Moore, but think about Justin Fields with Bijan, 
with Drake London and with Kyle Pitts, plus whatever they can add. That team, regardless of who's running it, is scary. Yeah. Well, my one question is, if if they don't decide for a huge trade-up or they don't decide to trade for fields, is one of the free agent quarterbacks an option with Gardner Minshew or um, Ryan Tannehill? Like, are those potential options for the, the Falcons, or do you think that it's uh, go big or go home with them? Well, I, I do think that there's a free agent option, but I don't think it's one of the bad ones. I, I think if Kirk Cousins makes it to, to free agency, teams like Atlanta will be throwing just full-sized banks at Kirk Cousins' face, empty checks, but blank checks, not empty checks, blank checks, give him whatever he wants. If he makes it to free agency, like full on, the Vikings don't just like tackle him before he tries to leave the house. Uh, I think Kirk could be a target for the, the Falcons type teams that seemingly are a quarterback and now a coach away. All right, before we talk about the two hot OCs on the block, let's talk about the hot website on the block, and that's Rotoviz. You can get yourself a subscription. It's it's the new year. Start out with a new year, new you, by getting a Rotoviz subscription. If you already have one, make sure it's renewed. Make sure it's uh, you know auto-renewed, all those fun things. Use promo code RVRADIO. I'm guessing it's 2023 still, but it might be 2024. Gets you a 10% discount and supports the podcast. Those are all things that you want. 10% discounts, supporting the pod. You're listening for a reason, and it's to support us, not for all the great information we provide, but you get both. So this great information we have is uh, the two hot names on the block are Ben Johnson, who it was reported that Ben Johnson wanted $13 million to be head coach um, or $15 million. Um, ben Johnson and his agent have denied those rumors. Ben Johnson is the OC for the, the Detroit Lions, obviously had a huge you know breakout season with Jared Goff and company. And then Bobby Slowick had the uh, emergence of C.J. Stroud, you know, doing a lot with not that much in the Houston Texans offense. So let's live in a world where Bobby Slowick and Ben Johnson are both NFL head coaches in 2024. I'm going to go through openings and then potential openings. Oh, let's talk about where we want them to go from a fantasy perspective. So openings are Carolina Panthers, Washington Commanders, uh, L.A. Chargers, Atlanta Falcons, LA, uh, Las Vegas Raiders, and potential openings are New England, Tampa Bay, and Tennessee. Um, I think that covers everything that's still on the board. So do you have a wish list, a, pre- a preference for your Ben Johnson and or Bobby Slowick landing spots? Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the current open ones, I think, are the two of them are the most desirable with the Chargers and the Falcons. I, I think Ben Johnson in either one of those places – one of them having a quarterback, one of them having weapons. You know, I, I think those would both be really good. I think it would be he he would have to be chasing like the nostalgia of of old titles, you know, not old titles, but in order for him to get to New England, he would probably have to get fifteen million dollars a year and <laughs> like we'd have to have like Robert Kraft make him a bronze bust for the front of the stadium or something. I but don't think there's also, any I will say with the New England stuff and we mentioned it briefly earlier. Robert Kraft just seems like there's no way he is hiring somebody who hasn't already spent a substantial amount of time in that building. Yeah, a hundred percent. That that team is locked into that team. They're big fans of themselves. Uh, I don't think Tampa's in play for either of those guys. Tennessee, I think, will entirely depend on the Belichick situation because I think if Belichick does anything but coach the New England Patriots, Vrabel is that coach. Uh, theoretic. I mean, in theory, that makes the most sense to me. 
the Panthers job, man, I don't know who would want to actually take that job because holy crap, does Bryce Young look bad? And the commander's job is another one that is, it's just kind of a shit show. You know, you, you have a, enough talent where it shouldn't be that bad. And you're picking high enough where maybe you can replace Sam Howell if you really don't believe in him. But how that offense operated the last half of the season was really bad. And maybe the defense has caught up to Sam Howell and what they were doing. But if they caught up to what they were doing, you've got to adjust. And they made no adjustments. And it was just turnovers and turnovers and turnovers. And it, it, they stopped gaining yards. And it was it was just bad how that, that season finished. So I don't think Sam Howell was the problem. But, I mean, it could take a Ben Johnson type or a Bobby Slowick type to come in and fix it. I, I do think you're going to want a couple. Some of these teams are going to you're going to want more offensively minded head coaches. So I think Ben Johnson in uh, in with the Chargers, with the Falcons, potentially the Commanders. I think those are the three most likely suitors. And I think the Commanders are a distant third. And then Bobby Slowick, you know, it's it's hard to give him all of the credit when you have the breakouts of CJ Stroud and Tank Dell, but something very clearly was working because you also had Nico Collins going off and other guys doing things that we hadn't seen from the Texans since what Andre, well, I guess DeAndre Hopkins and Andre Johnson before that. So yeah, there's, there's yeah, going to be some draw. Part of the slow conversation is going to be, like, okay, he did this with C.J. Stroud, so potentially what could he do with Drake May or what could he do with Bryce Young? And so that I think that whoever hires Slowick is probably going to be a team that is going the, the young quarterback route. But the question is, does Slowick want to leave this cushy, very nice O.C. job in Houston for the Panthers who have no first-round pick and have owners who, who are throwing you know drinks at Jaguars fans? So – I think that the Panthers are a great spot for Slowick if he's willing to take it. I agree. I think him getting in and working with Bryce Young would be good, but I think you're right. I, I think leaving the Texans right now when they're on the up and up, when he has D'Amico to lean on and he has this offensive firepower, I mean, yeah, like obviously the goal is to be a head coach at the end of the day, right? But going into a bad situation to last a year and then – you know, now you're looking for another new job. So I, I guess we'll see what what the NFL is really wants to do with these guys. I would imagine Ben Johnson won't last very long after the Lions lose in the first round of the playoffs. But oh, okay, some Rams love. <laughs> uh, oh, they're gonna kill him. Um, I think Slowick may take time. I think he might be one of like the later, one of the later coach signings. Uh, unless somebody moves on him like now. Sure. Well, the only thing with Ben Johnson and Bobby Slug is they can't really be hired until their teams are eliminated and both teams are in the playoffs. Which but, could be very early. <laughs> yeah, no, but they're, 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 they're both uh, playing home games, but they're both playing very good team. You know, the Browns are a good team, you know, as long as Flacco's going okay. And then, of course, the Rams, like, you know, their ceiling is the Super Bowl. Puka Nakua, difference maker. All right. Any last words for today, Dan? No, I, I think some of these last coaching spots, you know, uh, you know, we talked about the Todd Bowles and the Tampa thing. I, I think there's something to desire in Tampa. The defense is nice. You have some offensive weapons. I would assume Big Mike is gone. 
Uh, Godwin potentially moving on after a couple of years. I think he's still got two left on his contract. Uh, Tennessee has, there's zero, there's nothing desirable about that job. If, if Rabel were to leave to take the Patriots job, there's nothing desirable in Tennessee at all. Like zero. Raiders. No, no Levis love. <laughs> I, I mean, sure. But the rest of that team is so bad. And you have a 47 year old running back. Who's also a free agent. You have nothing returning to that team. The Raiders. I mean, get me out of there. Uh, Panthers again is tough. New England. It's going to be somebody from that organization or from Bill's coaching tree. That's just how that is. I think it's the Chargers and the Falcons. And then once those two are in place, everybody else will get to fire to, to hire their coach. Yeah, that sounds about right. All right. That's wrap us up for this week. We'll talk to you guys next week. Ta-da! Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.